Welcome back to the Bushnell Project and story time here in these crazy days of COVID-19. We're coming up on the end of April 2020 and the nation seems to be and the world still in on these unprecedented times thinking about COVID-19. I want to really talk about that as we end up Esther. So gather the kids. We've had an incredible story here and the main characters really being Mordecai and Haman because they are the ones that uh, Haman becomes second in charge of the kingdom and now Mordecai is second in charge of the kingdom and it was quite the turn of events. So let's wrap this up and talk a little bit about what where we find ourselves and how are we responding and who are we really. If we're Christians, who are we really and what should we be concerned about? So chapter 10 super, super short. You can almost hold your breath the entire time I read this chapter. How about that? King Ahasuerus imposed tax on the land and on the coastlands of the sea and all the acts of his power and might and the full account of the high honor of Mordecai to which the king advanced him. Are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Mede and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second in rank of King Azararis, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. And that's the end. So Mordecai is elevated. He's number two. He brings about peace for his people, something they had not had, and he was highly esteemed. So let's talk a little bit about Esther and Mordecai and how they responded to the captivity that they were in, how they responded to the authority, how they responded to people who tried to tell them how to worship in a sense. So it starts off in the beginning and we find out about the Persian kingdom and the Persian king and his queen. And there's this guy, Mordecai, who's a Jew. And he has a cousin, Esther, who becomes ends up becoming queen. And he's wise enough and recognizes the fact that because she is a person of Jewish descent, that she is a captive in this land. So two generations before the time of Esther, they would have been taken captive in the land of Israel and brought to the Persian Empire, to the heart of the Persian Empire. Many of them, many of the men, many of the women. And that is where Mordecai is born. He's probably been, he was probably born shortly after the captivity, and he's fairly old. There's a much younger member of the family, that's Esther. And so she's a lot, lot younger, just a teenager. So here's what we know about Esther, because the Bible says this of her, that she was very beautiful and good to look at. So fits the model of someone who you would think would win a beauty pageant, right? And so she does, in fact, win the beauty pageant and finds favor with the king and becomes queen. Mordecai, in the meantime, never gives up knowing who he is. He's a Jew. He doesn't deny that. And what the Jews would do, the ones who were trying to still follow God, they would not worship anything else. We we know of other stories, like with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys were also taken into captivity during a Babylonian time. 
right before this, and they do not bow, right? And we see the difference that happens in their lives. Well, the same thing with Mordecai. He doesn't bow to the pressures of the culture. Now, I think that's what we need to think about. What are we doing as believers? Are we cowering to COVID-19 and what is being said? And are we buying into all the divisive issues that are out there? Or are we continuing to keep our eyes on Jesus and worship God and be those who worship Him in spirit and in truth, be people who bring hope, who bring peace, who bring joy? We need to be full of joy and full of hope no matter what is happening. Even if we are suffering, even if we are being taken into captivity like Mordecai actually, Mordecai and Esther were. So they were not in their homeland. They were not back with their own people. They were captive. And so... We have so much more today in 21st century America. We are we are very materialistically rich. We are super materialistically rich. Yet I think we are pretty poor spiritually. So the, the call here is for us to be more like Mordecai and more like Esther. To be strong, but to be people of peace. To be full of joy and full of hope no matter what's going on around us. And it had the right response. So when something is terrible, we fast and we pray. When something is good, we praise God for it. And there's a feast, right? And we see all that in the story of Esther. So for us, some practical things is that we can do. Families, is in the morning, we can gather our family right now. If we're not able to go to school, like if that's normal, going to school, going to work, and that's not happening, let's get, gather our family together. And let's make a plan. Here's the plan for today. Mom and dad, sit down. Here's the plan for today. Put it on one piece of paper. Today, we are going to accomplish these things. We're going, this is how we're going to praise God. Here's how we're going to worship God. Here's a a scripture we're going to focus on for today. Here's a chapter in the Bible or a passage in the Bible that we're going to focus on this week. And here's the scripture we're focusing on today. Let's, let's put together a plan. And then... Let's walk it out, right? So we start off the morning getting the family together. We pray, and then we create the plan, and then we pursue the plan, right? We we walk it out. And so that's we need these plans. We need this clarity. We need structure, right? So even if you're staying home, that's not normal for the kids. Create the structure. Create the structure in the piece of paper that you draw out the plan, knowing that, hey, something might change. But as long as things go the way we think they're going to go today, here's our plan. And be teaching your kids, especially if they're old enough to reason, be teaching them about these times. Listen, we we have brothers and sisters all around the world right now who are suffering and dying. Maybe not directly because of COVID-19, but the un, unintended consequences, the fear. Oh my gosh, there's this COVID-19. It's killing people. You get sick. It's respiratory. You're not in many places of the world. You're never going to see a doctor or a nurse or any real medical professional, and you panic and you think you have this dreaded killer disease. What's that going to do? It's probably going to kill you, even though you don't have the COVID nineteen. There's so there's such fear. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters around the world, whether they're in Haiti or Peru or the some regions of China, India, wherever it might be, 
we should be praying for our brothers and sisters and praying for other people that they would not have be stricken by the fear so much that they become paralyzed and unable to fight off maybe even just the common cold and a bad cough that then turns into something that scares them so badly that they die. Now, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I am not a medical professional. I do know survivor. And surviving, 95% of survival is mental. You got to mentally beat the elements. And COVID-19 is crushing people, I think. We need to mentally come out of this. We need to be strong. Think about Esther. So she becomes the queen. She's a teenager. Finds out that all of her people are going to be killed. And she's the one positioned to actually make maybe make a change. And she has to go before the king and make an appeal. But if the king does not put out his scepter, then she is killed. That's the law. So think about fear. You don't you think she wasn't scared? She's a teenager and she's going before a king who is probably in his fifties, who has conquered much of the world, who's a mighty general king. He's ruthless by all accounts of history. He was pretty ruthless. And her cousin, older cousin Mordecai, saying, Yeah, you're gonna need to go to him. So she gets the whole people group, the Jews, to fast and pray for her. And she fasts and she prays for three days. No water, no food for three days. And then she gets all dressed up and she goes before the king. What, it, what, what is she overcoming there? She's overcoming her fear. She still has the fear. It's, it's, it's real courage. We need to be people of courage. Go out there and fight the good fight. And I'm not telling you to go and protest or any of those things, but we need to rise up and it ought to be clear who we worship. We worship the true and living God who is not overcome by COVID. Our God is much greater than COVID-19. But you might be in a position where you're a little scared, just like Esther. That's all right. If God is with you, it doesn't matter who's against you. You can rise up. And think about Mordecai, that no matter how much he was pressured to bow to Haman, he didn't. He didn't. Could Haman have him killed? Well, he had an edict to have him killed. And he was going to the king that morning to actually have Mordecai killed, the king probably said, sure, go for it, man. Haman, you're my number two guy. You do whatever you want. Instead, before Haman can speak about it, the king says, dude, we got a guy in our kingdom. I want to honor. What, what, how should we honor him? And you know, and he goes into that whole thing. And Haman says, well, I got an idea. How about you do this, this, and this? And he's like, great, go do that for Mordecai. Haman realizes in that moment, oh man, there is a God. And that God is on Mordecai's side. From that moment on, Haman feared Mordecai. But up until that moment, Haman thought he had everything, all the leverage he needed to take on Mordecai and all of the Jewish people. And in a heartbeat, that changes. In a heartbeat, we can look at COVID-19, we can look at the chaos around us and go, huh, that's nothing. My God, our God has this. We can we can press on. We can move on. And even should I perish today, because none of us are promised tomorrow, that's okay. God is still on his throne. And then here's another thing for us to think about, and then I'll close on this. And this is a big deal. We like to be in control, don't we? The Bible tells us, though, that we are arrogant if we think that the person who says, hey, tomorrow and next week and next month we're going to go do this and go do this and go do this. 
Who are we? You know who we're not? We're not God. So we don't know that we have tomorrow. God does. And if God wills to give us tomorrow, then great. Praise God. And we'll do with tomorrow what God wants us to do. That should be our attitude. But I think our the world, many of the people, want to think they're in control. They don't want to believe there's a God that actually is more in control than they are. And so this whole COVID thing really has them scared. And there's some that are trying to act like they're in control. There are some that are trying to act like they got this. Here's what you need to do. Trust us. Stay inside. Lockdown. Don't do anything. Well, do we really want to be following their advice? Do they really know what they're doing? Who are these people that are telling us to lock down? Well, here's what I think they are. I think they're people that want to be in power. And if they can get us to do this right now, they gain power over all of us. And I'm not saying that we are to be disobedient to the authorities in our life, but we need to realize who is the authority in our life. We need to be worshiping him, trusting him for tomorrow, and being obedient first to him. And then if he gives us the wisdom and the discernment to follow those around us, then that's what we need to do. But because right now we want to be in control too, then we might even rile up against authority when we shouldn't. So let's be worshipers of God in spirit and truth. Let's recognize that we don't have control. Nobody else does. God is humbling all of mankind. He's humbling all of the nations. And the greatest nation to humble right now is the United States of America. And we are being humbled by a holy and true God. I'm not saying it's a judgment on us, but it's something on us. It is something on the world that this little disease is crippling the entire world. And so let's go to the one that is in control and let's cry out for mercy and let's pray to him and let's make sure that we're worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Not because we need to appease God, but because he deserves our worship. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He died for you and for me so that we could have a relationship with him and with the Father. Let's work on that relationship, on our relationship with God, and let's be true spiritual worshipers of him. It's about a relationship. It's not religion. So I'm not asking you to go appease God. I'm telling you the greatest place to find peace and joy and hope is delighting yourself in God. Psalms 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Philippians 4 tells us that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And where does it come from? It comes from prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communion with God. Go have communion with God. If you're not sure where to find some of that stuff, read Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 8. It's a great place, but the whole chapter is great. Read Psalms. Psalms. There's lots of Psalms to read. Psalms 100, Psalms 37, Psalms 34, Psalms 20, Psalms 2. The nations plot against God. It says, and God laughs at them. God is in control. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. He is our rock and our savior, our sustainer. And it is who we will be with forever, worshiping him in spirit and truth. God bless you guys. Have a great day.